Today on episode 83 of the Badass Midlife Podcast, I want to touch a little bit on conversations and whether this is just with people in your family, uh, friends, new people that you meet. I think the art of having a really good conversation is not just great for your mind, but it's life-giving. And um, as I have been trying to meet new people and go out a little bit more, I've realized that when we get to a certain age, we get really, really stuck in our ways in a lot of areas and conversation style is one of them. So today we're gonna talk about seven different challenges that I'm gonna give you that are gonna improve your conversations. Hey friends, welcome to the Badass Midlife Podcast. This is the place where we talk about midlife hangups, what to let go of, what to hang on to, and how to move on and actually do your midlife like a badass. Enjoy the show. Hey friends, happy Tuesday. Hope everyone is doing well today. I missed you last week. I took a week off and just had that long Labor Day weekend celebration and really needed it, really enjoyed it, Um, just felt good. I hope everyone enjoyed their long weekend as well. Hope you got to have it. Not everybody does, and uh, so I'm really grateful to have been able to have that time with family and just, you know, kind of unplug from work. So um, I wanted to talk today about ways to challenge ourselves as we get into midlife with our style of conversations. Now, I, as you know, have four daughters. I have my sister. We get together all the time. We're having conversations. And I feel like sometimes, not just in those family conversations, but in just conversations with friends um, and acquaintances, people at work, you already have like these pretty firmed up opinions about uh, pretty much everything. And that's just kind of how it is. We get settled into who we are. Our mind is made up about the things that we like, the things that we don't like, our pet peeves, our deal breakers. It's made up about people, uh, made up about what matters and what's important in life. And usually the way we feel about those things is pretty final. But it is, of course, easier to get locked in to certain core philosophies about who you are than it is to be a really ever-changing, malleable person. But is it the best option? Because we don't want to feel locked in. It's just like everything else in midlife. If we don't use it, we will lose it. So it's just like, you know, your muscles and your stamina and all of this stuff. If you don't try to flex that muscle in your mind and keep your opinions kind of flowing. And like I said, malleable, you are just going to be that crotchety old person (laughs) toward the end of your life that no one's going to want to be around. And that's going to suck. We don't want to be that person. That is not the best option. James Patterson says, you are an endless project, changing, evolving, surprising. Think of yourself as an endless project. And I'm going to go off topic here just really quick to say I am still putting together um, the three-part series about um, my little health journey of taking bioidentical hormone treatment um, after pretty much like an 11-year battle post-surgical menopause of just trying to figure out what was going on with my body. That is something that 
I considered a project that I was just going to get to the bottom of. And I wanted to share the experience of that as I went through it. So I've just been on the first um, three and a half months of it. And so uh, that's going to be the first episode of that is just here's how the first three months have felt. Here's how what it's been like, because I really want people to understand that I think as women, there's not a, not a lot of um, information out there on how to just deal with those symptoms of uh, menopause and postmenopause. It pretty much just everyone just kind of throws their hands up. It's like, well, that's the change and your body's going to change and you're going to lose your muscle and your metabolism's going to go down and all that. They wouldn't do that for men. Men, you know, they're researching and they're figuring out all the pills and everything a man needs so that they can stay virile, right? But there is just a fraction of that amount of research for women. And I think it's really, really sad. But I think I found something that it has been an answer for me. And I'm hoping to share that as well. But I just went off topic there because I want you to think of yourself as an endless, improving, changing, wonderful project. That there's nothing that has to get uh, atrophied just because we're getting older. Challenge yourself to really evolve and think and stretch beyond what you think those fixed parameters of your life are, whether they're physical or emotional. And then you'll start to see endless possibilities to improve how you relate to others, just how you feel in your personal and your professional life. Listen to this quote from Peter Senge. Through learning, we create ourselves. Through learning, we become able to do something we never were able to do. Through learning, we re-perceive the world and our relationship to it. And through learning, we extend our capacity to create, to be a part of the generative process of life. So nice, right? Just through learning, we can recreate ourselves. So just imagine all of the things in the course of a day where we're not trying to feed our brain. We're not trying to learn anything new. We're just going through the mindless motions. But there's time, you know? We have time throughout our day when we're just scrolling mindlessly through Facebook or whatever. I don't, but, um, you know, there, there are a lot of things that we do that waste time. I scroll mindlessly through my phone. I look at Pinterest a lot. Um, but am I learning? I mean, at least with Pinterest, I kind of feel like you know, it's given me some creative little uh, cylinders that fire. But honestly, through learning, through reading, through opening up our minds to different opinions and being malleable, that's how we're going to recreate ourselves. And it's not to say that anything that we're doing right now is terrible or that it's wrong or that we're losers or that, you know, we're on the wrong path. We're not. It's just that we don't want to be so stiff and stern with the way we feel about things that we are unapproachable and we're not enjoying, you know, the conversations, the things that we should be doing. So I want to talk about the seven challenges that you can kind of give to yourself to be a person in conversation that is going to really uh, have great interactions and great conversations. Number one, commit to listening. This is like the stupid, easy number one step. Actively listening. That means that you're going to make a point not to think about how you feel or about your response to that part of the conversation, but just to listen. 
And we talked about this when my kids were young. It's like actively listening means you're going to zip your mouth and you're going to listen and really try to understand the point of the words that are coming out of the person's mouth by clearing your mind, nodding, soaking it in, just look in their eyeballs. Don't look anywhere else. So instead of trying to think of the similar thing that happened to you or the counterpoint of that, you're listening to understand. In a nutshell, it means go into any conversation with anybody open. I'm like literally like I'm spreading my arms out. Go into it open with a clean slate and keeping it clean as you listen. And here's why this feels good. Because you know how good it feels to be listened to in that way. In my work, people come to me to talk about a whole host of things and challenges that they're having about work. And if I don't actively listening, I'm not doing my job. My job is to listen so that I can really understand what's going on so that I can take what they're telling me and really apply it to our human resources, our company as a whole. Because, you know, if one person feels a certain way, there's a chance that 10 others do, right? But that's why it feels good. How does it, how good does it feel when somebody listens and then like asks you a question about what you just said and really is seeking to understand? It feels great. It feels great. And so that's something that we can do as an easy challenge. Just commit to being a really good active listener. And I don't mean the one that says, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm-hmm, 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 nodding while you're just trying to be like, while you're judging. You're still judging and you're laying your opinion on top of it. Well, that's not listening. That's just you tolerating the words coming out of someone's mouth. So commit to listening is the challenge number one. Challenge number two, ask at least one question. There's always a question that can be asked. And if you go through life having casual conversations on just a surface level, level, never asking questions, it only can mean a very few things. So the first thing is you just don't care enough about the person to ask it. Number two, you don't care enough about the topic. Or you think you already know the answer. Or maybe you're just in too much of a hurry. None of those are great reasons because no matter what, it's a challenge that I want you to try to take. Regardless of why, do your best to break those habits and to query those that you're interacting with and make a point to ask some really good questions. And why does that feel good? Well, because you might learn something you didn't know. But then also you might create a really really deep, engaging, interactive style of conversation going forward in your life that's going to serve you forever. Think about what's the question that you can ask. I go deep fast with people. That's like, it's kind of my trademark. Like I meet you and if I like you, we're talking about your whole life. We're talking about your childhood, your kids, um, you know, your your marriage, your divorce, like what happened? How did that, how did you handle that? That's really cool. Did you, did you feel like this happened? Like, I just want to go deep. And everyone's like, well, you know, I bet you have like a lot of friends. Nope. I like to go deep with a few key people in my life. That's just more meaningful to me. That's not for everybody. There are people that need to have 50 friends that they can, you know, pull a person out of and 
you know, have someone for every possible thing they want to do. But, um, but when you are able to go deep and ask questions when you're having conversations, it, it's just going to lead you to, first of all, knowing if that person is like someone you want to continue this deep relationship with, because friendships are deep relationships, but you got to kind of jive. You know, if I'm trying to go deep and someone's trying to give me surface and I keep going deep and they give me surface, it's like, uh, this isn't fun for me, right? I can't get there. You're not letting me get there. Maybe you just aren't that person and that's fine too. But I want to go into midlife and my old age as an open-minded, conversational person that people want to be around. And that's kind of the challenge because we do get stuck in our opinions and how we feel about stuff. But no, no more. Try not to do that. Ask a single question. Challenge number three, follow up with someone every day. You know, a conversation you had maybe with a person last week or yesterday. The next time you see that person, recall some of those things and follow up about something they said. That's assuming that you passed challenge one and you committed to actually listening. So if you didn't actually listen, you're not going to have any data to pull from and like go ask the question that you're following up on. It shows you care and you care enough to remember and enough to follow up. That is a big deal. And why does that feel good? Because it feels great to care about someone, genuinely care and follow up. And don't you love that? When someone follows up and says, hey, how did that, how did that test go last week? I know you, you mentioned that, oh my God, I usually almost fall to the ground when someone follows up on something that we talked about because I cannot believe they listened. Isn't that sad? just can't believe that people really listen and you just get used to it. You're like, ah, they're not going to remember. But then when they do, you're like, oh my gosh, that's insane. Thank you. Like, thanks for asking. All right. So definitely that one's a big one. Follow up. Follow up with people. Think when you see them, remember what you talked about. And I always like to do this. And it's not that it's, it's fake. It's literally true. When I'm having a conversation with someone that I talked to last week, I always recall something and I say, you know, after we talked last week, I really thought a lot about that. Or I thought about that on my walk. And it's usually true. It's, it's, I think it's always true because at some point you think, you recall the conversation when you meet with somebody you're driving home, you're like, huh. But then talk about that. Why wouldn't you share that? You know, that you, you thought about something that they said and it really you know, made you think. And because of that, you did this thing differently. That That's really meaningful. I think it's a great thing to do. Follow up on something that was part of that conversation. Challenge number four, demonstrate a show of trust. This means just be vulnerable. It's okay. Everybody knows that everybody has shit. And so it's okay. You don't have to try to protect your image and your reputation so much that you're not trusting anyone you got to dump that stuff. And I'm saying that as a super private person. And you can say, well, I'm really private. I've said that to myself my whole life. But that's a really convenient kind of mechanism to never have to open up and trust anyone. So it's super convenient because that way I don't have to, you know, get anyone into my circle. But that's not really life-giving. 
I would encourage you, and this is a work in progress for me too, because I don't do it with, again, I don't have a lot of people that I go deep with, but when I do, it feels really good. But take a chance if you're not that person. Open up to someone. Start slow. Kind of pace yourself. I mean, sometimes it's hard to stop once you start, especially if you've never done it, but it's okay. It's okay. And why that feels good? To show trust and be vulnerable because it's really liberating. And it is how you're going to build a deeper friendship, a deeper relationship. And it will help break down some old barriers that you have kind of put around yourself. Just living in that free and open way feels great. Challenge number five, take a beat before you respond. Lord have mercy on this one. I mean, a moment of silence, please. I I am a, the queen of this. I can take a beat before I respond. I can, somebody can say something that just agitates me so, so much. And it does not trigger me to, to be like a hyena and attack. I just, it doesn't happen to me. It happens like internally, but I don't have to vocalize it. And I don't know. I don't know. Is it a gift? Is it, what does it mean? I don't know where it comes from. It's probably some trauma that is just like, oh, I don't want to speak up. And, you know, I don't know what it is, but I'm actually, I like it. And I think that it keeps you uh, from going too far uh, in an emotional moment. So this might be tough if you're a person that uh, can't let something just sit for a second. And I tell my girls this all the time. And I've got two of my four that can easily let it sit almost to the point where you know it's it's hard to dig it back out and then I got two that are just like like trigger and they're going to come right back at you with it so and believe me there are times that that's good too and times in my life when I wish I would have done that more in the moment because believe me it loses impact later but in general Okay, especially with new people, new conversations, don't be so quick because you don't know that person yet, you know, and if it's a new relationship or a friend or whatever, you're just new at going deep. Take a minute before you, you know, spew out the response or just, you know, state your opinion. Some things that you're going to blurt out may not even be questions that you just feel compelled to like shoot out how you feel about something. But the challenge here is to really just let something sink in, cogitate on it, you know, and then just kind of go in slowly. This isn't just smart. It's a key tenet of really good conversations. Just sit with it and really formulate the question that you have. This is really important, especially in significant relationships. Just hold on a second. Take a second. I have people in my family that are great at this, and I have people in my family that aren't. Just like I said, my girls are just split down the middle, divided. And I admire both sides, right? Because like I said, sometimes you need to just uh, defend yourself or stick up for yourself. And I'm always in the letting things just sink in mode, no matter if I need to be defending myself or not. And so in those moments, I wish I didn't take a beat, but it's kind of a habit. Everybody's kind of the way they are. But in general, this challenge here is just just to really just say, like, don't jump to answer too quickly, especially in a new uh, 
you know, conversation, a new person that you're trying to go deep with. So taking a beat. Number six, let go of the vine. Stop being a control freak in your conversations. Push yourself to deviate from being the doer and gradually show enough trust to delegate something to someone else. This is going to be the most impactful if you really have had a hard time of just letting go of things in the past. This goes right into your conversations. So if you are the one that's always the center of the conversation, that you are the one that's on, you're on, you're the show, you're the, it's really hard to not be that person. But at some point, if you want to have really good conversations and learn about the other people around you, you got to let go of that vine, you know, let someone else take the lead in a conversation and zip your mouth. And just like listen and let some stuff soak in because it's really easy. And as women, we like to have, you know, here, this this one's the clown in our group. And this one's the one that's always going to uh, get the server to do something for us. And this one's going to always be the one that if we, if a cop walks up, we're going to have, like everybody kind of has their role. You know what I mean? But it can't always be the same if you're the person that's controlling it all the time, allow yourself to try that other role, you know? Try being the asker of the questions. Try being the listener. Try being the one that's just inquisitive and not working hard to be the star of the show. Like, it doesn't always have to go like that. And it's kind of like a lot of stress to be that person all the time, too. So I need to be the star sometimes, and then other most times I don't need to be. So I could care less. I just want to hear what everyone's saying. I like to learn about people because there I am, like I'm making my library of questions. So that's let go of the bind. And finally, last but not least, and this is the big one, man. First of all, I want to go back to why that feels good when you can let go of the vine, allowing others to take the lead is good for your mind and it's going to free up your mind for new things to really let some new stuff in. Number seven, allow your mind to be changed. This is the most important one and it's the hardest. We all have hard and fast beliefs about everything from politics to religion to our diet, how Coke's better than Pepsi. Like we just, we are so settled in and this is just the challenge of, you know, getting into this fifth or sixth decade of our life. But trying to allow your mind to be changed on something that you're passionate about is going to really help you uncover some new ideas and in turn, help you be more well-rounded. And why does that feel good, right? Because at the end of the day, it feels good to be that flexible person. It really does. I mean, I, in the moment, you know, you might think, nope this is how I feel about this and you're steadfast in it. But if you are able to allow your mind to be changed or at least consider another viewpoint, it's going to feel good because then you're one of those people that's open-minded. That can't be bad, right? That's got to be a good thing. Open-minded is being, that's a good thing. And that's why it feels good to allow your mind to be changed. And there's a lot of things that aren't black and white. I have a lot of viewpoints that uh, I'm not on one or the other side, like hardcore. And 
there's room for that. Heaven, like, of course there's good, you know, room for that. Because people can have opinions and they can bring life experiences to any topic or issue and you're gonna feel differently about it and having judgment on someone that feels differently that's awful that's awful so i just wanted to again just summarize that these small changes in how you approach conversations not only feel good to the person you're talking to but you're gonna notice an improvement in how you feel as well and you're gonna start really enjoying getting together with people again You know, maybe you haven't done as much of that lately because, believe it or not, the more we stay home and the more we stay alone and the more we watch the same shows and we read the same stuff, the deeper those grooves become in how we feel about stuff. And then it makes it hard to be around. You know, it's hard to be around those people that you can't even have the slightest deviation because they're like, nope, nope. It's that's a hard thing to do, but if you can open up, do these, you know, challenge yourself to do these things with conversations, it can really improve how you feel about a lot of different things and strengthen, I bet, nearly every single relationship in your life. So I'll go through them real quick again the seven challenges that are going to help you improve conversations. Number one, commit to active listening. Number two, ask at least one question. Three, follow up with someone every day on something that was, you know, brought up the last time you saw them. Four, demonstrate a show of trust. You know, be vulnerable. Let it, just let it out. It's okay, even if you're a private person. Number five, take a beat before you respond. Classic Mary move right there. Um, Number six, let go of the vine. In other words, you don't need to be the controller of all conversations from now until the end of time. It's not just your show. You get to be a spectator sometime. And you know what? Being a spectator is pretty awesome sometimes too. And number seven, allow your mind to be changed. It's okay. It's okay, honey. You can change your mind on something. It's okay. No one's going to come lock you up for that. It's fine. It's fine. I just want everybody to... Just enjoy conversation and not be rigid. It's really unattractive, first of all, and I've noticed it. It's, um, you know, it's something, it's hard to be around, you know, when somebody's just like, I don't care. This is what I, okay, well, that's great. But like, maybe don't talk about it like this because it's kind of, you know, makes you look like you're just, again, too rigid for life, man. So... Anyway, that is all I have for you today, my friends. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and I'll see you next time. Hey, friends, if you enjoyed the Badass Midlife Podcast, please do me a solid subscribe so you get every episode as soon as it drops, and leave a five-star review and a comment. I would love to hear from you. Talk to you soon.